Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of being joined by Kamara who is an IFBB pro in the fitness category and today's podcast is going to mostly revolve around the fitness category and what it's all about and Kamara's journey into it as well. So Kamara, for those who don't know you, when did you first start competing? What do you do as a profession as well? Um, so I first started competing in 2015 um, and I competed in Tone Figure for my first show um, and that was in IBFA and then yeah. I competed in PCA after that and, and NABRA as well, um, all within like the same year. Um, and profession-wise, I'm currently a sports therapist and I also do online coaching. So I do sports therapy out of Ultraflex Gym and then obviously my online coaching as well on the side. Yeah, cool. So you mentioned you competed with a few different federations when you first started mm. competing. Um, what made you choose the federations that you competed with? Um, so when I first started, PCA wasn't about. Um, so I, I, my first show was in 2015, um, like I said, and there was no PCA then. Um, it was like IBFA and, and NABA really, that, that was pretty much it. And there was um, yeah. UKBFF as well. So originally I wanted to go for um, fitness. I'd always wanted to do fitness because I'd been a gymnast from a young age, um, doing acro and things like that as well. I really wanted to go for the fitness category because it suited me down to a T. But I was never big enough. Um, when I first started competing, I thought I was going to do bikini because um, I was quite small and petite. Um, but I ended up going for toned figure because once I got down, I, I had a little bit more muscle than I expected. So I went for... Um, toned figure which obviously at that time was only in NABA and um, IBFA. IBFA at the time being the smaller federation um, and NABA was quite big for toned figure so I thought you know what I'm going to go for a smaller show and like sort of build myself up into going into a bigger show so I did IBFA to start off with um, and then went off into PCA later on that year once I kind of built my confidence up a little bit. Yeah. And when did you eventually decide to make the jump and compete in the fitness category? So I had been competing for four years um, and within them four years, I did about 12 shows, um, maybe no, 13, maybe. Um, I can't remember to be honest, it's quite a lot. Um, but yeah, so I did quite a few shows within them four years I competed and then I took two years out. Um, and within them two years out, I changed jobs. Um, I started studying again and kind of decided that I wanted to go down this route um, and decided that obviously fitness was for me. And I, I got back into gymnastics because obviously with competing, it does take over a lot of your life. Um, and so, oh, <clears throat> sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I wasn't... Um, I wasn't doing gymnastics at the time. I kind of stopped doing it because I didn't, I didn't see the point in injuring myself um, for my training and my training become priority. Mm. Um, so then I decided that from um, within the two years out that I would go back to gymnastics, um, build my confidence back up, getting my skills back. Um, so I just did it as a little bit of fun within my two years out, just getting the gymnastics back, getting my back tucks back, getting my skills, and then decided to just go for it and kind of see where I come. So I prepped myself for um, the Two Bros um, Ben Weeder show yeah. um, last year. And I decided that um, it was just going to be a bit of a feeder. There was no intention of turning pro or anything like that. It was just going to be a kind of a feeler to see where I am, see how far off I am the other girls. 
um, see where I need to work on, get a little bit of feedback and more for me to get to know myself um, as coaching myself. So I decided I was going to do that, um, coached myself and then obviously the outcome was that I turned pro, which wasn't expected whatsoever. Um, yeah. So since then it's just been like full steam ahead kind of going for it. But yeah, so the, the, the original idea of it was just to kind of get a feeler um, and then it's just like snowballed since then yeah so how many shows did you actually do before turning pro and how many years had you been competing um i think i'd all together i'd done about 15 shows before turning pro um and i've competed for five years um yeah. so five years I'd, I'd coached myself for three of them shows um and then i did have another coach uh, before the coach that i'm with now so it's been like five years um from when i started Five years since I started competing um and then obviously done like 15 shows in that time um but yeah. I've been I've only been training about six years so I only trained for a year before actually like competing yeah but you had like five years under your belt before you actually turned pro and that's just an example to people that maybe are just getting into the industry and are setting their own goals sometimes these things take time and it's not always just going to happen straight away and I think that's really good to hear yeah yeah definitely um I feel like a lot of people think that it's quite a quick thing um just because like when I first started competing around about five five years ago um Instagram wasn't massive in well at least I wasn't on it and and it wasn't a big thing to me um whereas now you see everybody and everybody's turning pro and everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that and I feel like they didn't actually see what actually happened five years ago when there was only like two three federations around and there wasn't very much like um exposure for shows and and competing and so people that competed back five years ago probably don't even know me unless they competed against me they're not going to know me but some people think that I've just come on the scene this last year and all of a sudden I'm pro and it's, and it's, it's taken, it's taken time. It's taken five years um, yeah. to kind of build to where I am now. So yeah, it definitely, it's not a quick thing. Some people can turn pro a lot quicker. I've seen people turn pro. Um, like for example, my client, Alex, she's, she turned pro within her first year of competing, yeah. um, which is, is mad, but it, it just, it just depends on what category you're competing in and, and your muscle maturity before you, um, actually yeah. compete as well and it's not a very common thing for people to turn pro like in their first year competing and I no, think no. it's really important for people to recognize that and like you said with the growth of social media it almost feels like because you can see everyone everyone that turns pro well most people are on Instagram so you can see their yeah. journey you see them turning pro but like you said five years ago even when I first started competing there was nowhere near as many people on Instagram and so no, you didn't see that. that you didn't see that like um same same level of exposure and competing didn't have quite as much of a um a presence on social media so for people don't see the last five years and they just see people turning pro like you said and they think it's almost an instant thing but very often yeah. it's not and there's a lot of hard work that's gone into that yeah definitely and I feel like I still not got my pro card early but I feel like there's people that I've been going like eight, 10, nine, 11 years. Do you know what I mean? They've been going yeah. so many years before and still aren't pro now and still going for it. Um, so it, it's, it's mad. It's so different for each individual and depending yeah. on your category as well, it can take time. It can take years. 
definitely and so for those who don't know a lot about the fitness category what does it consist of so what do you do when you get on stage or what do you have to present um so we have a physique round and um, the same as like a figure round so you go on you do your quarter turns your mandatories and you do your eye walk as well so it's exactly the same as figure in that sort of sense um for what they're looking for they're looking for pretty much the same as figure um, you can get away with being a slightly smaller or slightly bigger in figure. So there is one or two um, fitness girls, sorry, that compete and cross over into physique. Um, and there is a few that cross over into figure. And I know of one or two that actually cross over and compete in bikini. So there is quite a few that do cross over. Um, so it's not that you've got to be the same size as figure. Um, there is varying different sizes within fitness. So you can be a smaller girl or you can be a bigger girl because it's only 40% um, yeah. in your physique. So 40% your physique and 60% your routine. So your physique, it doesn't really matter so much on size. It's more condition and shape and the whole package that you bring as a whole. Um, so I know that I'm probably going to be one of the smaller fitness girls on stage. Um, yeah. I've seen some of my competition and they're quite big. So it's just going to be like, you know, it's, it, it, there's going to be varying different sizes on that stage. Um, but for the fitness round, um, so you have like a two minute routine that you have to perform. Um, it doesn't have to be a themed routine. It can just be like to music or anything like that. Um, and then usually in your routine, so you have like four different things that you need to include in your routine. Um, one being a side split, high kick, um, straddle lever and a push up combo. So they, they can be in all, like different varying, um, oh, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> they, so they can be like, they can start off and they can be like a basic push up. Yeah. And then it can go to like an extreme like jump fly push up kind of thing. So there's all sorts of different variations that you can do. So they can be quite beginner level and then they can go up to like the most extreme push up you've ever seen in your life. So it, yeah. can, it can really vary. Um, but obviously the harder the skill you put into your routine, the better points you get. Um, and obviously it's not just going for a hard skill. You've got to nail it. If you don't nail it, they're just going to mark you down. So whatever skills you put in, there can't be a risk. They've got to be absolutely nailed. Um, so obviously in your routine, like I said, you've got your four skills that you need to include. And then the rest is down to you. Um, a lot of people decide to put dance, gymnastics in it, um, acrobatics, uh, cheerleading kind of stuff, uh, burlesque, anything. So anything along those lines you can put in. It's not just gymnasts. It's not just dancers. There's all sorts of varying skills and things like that that you can put into your routine. Um, yeah. Like I said, that's 60% and then your physique's 40%. Um, and so they kind of do it as like you do your physique round first and then you go off. And knowing amateur, you only get like probably max half an hour between doing your physique round, coming off and going back on and doing your routine round. Whereas on the pro stage, it's split into the morning and the evening show. Yeah. So your pre-vision is your physique round and then your afternoon and evening show is your routine round. Cool. And so does your like stage presence, makeup, hair, bikini still come into the overall package and are you still marked on that in fitness? Yeah, 100%. Um, I feel like you are in every category. 
um no matter what it's a full package it's your presentation it's your posing it's your hair your makeup your physique everything everything as a whole um definitely comes into it definitely yeah cool and so what does your training look like over the week when you're in prep for um a show and when would you start working on your routine um so i actually start working on my routine well into my off season so i started working on my routine last october um and i feel like that's a big thing uh, that everybody in fitness or if you're wanting to do fitness should start well early start yeah. early um i started in october knowing that i've already got the skills that i need to do on stage so anything that i've actually put in my routine i've already got or have had in the last year or two so it's only just a case of familiarizing myself with it and getting it back um so i've obviously been doing that since october i started prep like february time and then obviously due to lockdown the show's getting cancelled um i kind of stopped um, my prep and just went to sort of maintenance level and then just went a little bit above maintenance and then brought myself back down well cubas brought me down yeah. um, so my clothes are start coming back down and i'm back on prep um, so during that time, so from February, I was on obviously on prep till July, I think it was in no, June, July. Yeah. Um, I was still practicing my routine throughout the whole thing. Um, even in lockdown, I didn't have the actual space to practice my routine. Um, so I was practicing individual skills. So I was still able to practice my individual skills. I bought a tumble track to put in my garden that was like, like a blow up tumble track. And I was doing my tumbles and stuff like that on there. So I was just kind of making do with like lockdown because it wasn't great. Um, yeah. But now that I'm back and I'm able to be in the gym and be able to be in the studio with my coach and um, tumbling on the sprung floor, um, I probably practice now twice a week minimum, yeah. um, with full routine practice and all my skills as well. Um, I do practice my routine. I go through it without actually adding my tumbles in probably three or four times a week because um, yeah. tumbles can be quite um, intense and I find quite fatiguing on your body so I just run through it all and when it comes to like my my routine and I'm just doing my tumbling bit I kind of just go through it in my head and I'm like right that's this is what I do on this bit um, yeah. and just listening to the music over and kind of going through the dance move bits because they're not as fatiguing um, so I do do that about three or four times a week and then actual full full-blown practice going for it about twice a week um, at the minute I'm still on the sprung floor um, we're just in the process of taking my skills from the sprung floor to the hard floor because obviously on yeah. a stage it's not going to be sprung um so that does take a bit of a toll on your wrists and your ankles so you do get a bit of fatigue in that um but yeah so it, i'd probably say like training wise um i'm still on a push pull leg split um so i do push pull rest legs rest um, and it doesn't matter what day that falls on, if it falls on a gymnastics day. So at the minute, I do my full routine practices on a Tuesday and a Friday. So if it falls on them days, I still have to train as well as do my gymnastics. Yeah. Um, so I have an intro while I train, but at the minute, I'm not having an intro while I do my gymnastics. I'm just purely doing my gymnastics um, with just drinking water drawing. So usually the way, I, the way I work it is I train before I do my gymnastics. Yeah. Um, so I'll usually train at about 11, um, about 11, half 11 in the morning on my gymnastics days. And then once my training's done, have my post-workout. After my post-workout, go straight to gymnastics. Um, that's a full hour to an hour and a half run through. And then I'll just then have my normal meal after that. 
Um, so it is, it is quite a long day and it is quite a lot. And then on top of that, I've got steps and cardio. So it's, it's quite a lot. Um, but my body's dealing with it quite well. So we're just going to keep pushing. Yeah. I really admire fitness skills for the amount of work that they put into the process. Like, because no one else has to do routine practice and gymnastics and all of that. So, and it really does take its toll on your body. It's not like you're just doing a, a low impact sort of training for your gymnastics. It's very mm. high impact. It takes its toll. So it really requires a solid work ethic to get everything done and to not let something slap, like slip because when yeah. you get tired, let's face it, it would be so easy to be like, Oh, I'll just sack off my routine practice today. Yeah, literally. But the thing is, you wouldn't, you wouldn't sack off your training. Yeah, exactly. Or you wouldn't be like, oh, I can't be asked with cardio today. So you wouldn't do that. So that's exactly the same. My routine yeah. is just as important as my training. It's just as important as my diet and it's just as important as my cardio. So they're all on like the same level. Even though my routine is like 60% of my score, I put 100% into physique and routine because I yeah. feel like if you don't, your physique's going to lag. If you don't come first in physique round, but you come first in routine and your physique brings you down, how good are you going to be that you know that you didn't put your all in, you just put it all into your routine. So you've got to find a good balance between both and be able to absolutely nail both um, to be able to get, to get the top score. Yeah. Do you find Kamara, as you go through prep, you have to deload more frequently Your training volume has to come down because of the amount of practice that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So, um, last time when I prepped myself, um, I needed, I think I had two deloads within 12, I did a 12 week prep. So two deloads within the 12 week prep. Um, I also had three refeeds and I then towards my last two weeks had to do like, well, last, last three weeks, I think it was, um, high carb days and like sort of cycle it. So low, high carb, low carb days. Um, just because hitting a baseline, um, of like amount of carbs just wasn't enough for me. I kind of fed a lot better on having high carb days on the days that I was doing my routine practice and then a lower carb day when I was doing a little bit less. So that's what I did that time. This time, obviously it's out of my hands and it's down to Cuba. Um, so currently at the minute I'm on my second deload of prep. Um, my first deload, I only did about four days deload. Um, and there was complete days off. Yeah. Now this time, um, I'm going this, so on Friday will be my last deload session and that will have been eight sessions of, um, just one top set. So I just yeah. do my top set and no back off. And that's, that's my deload done. I'm actually on no cardio as well. So that'll be, that will have been like a week of no cardio and a week of, um, no back off sets. Um, and then obviously no going to failure. I probably stop about three, two to three reps away from failure. Yeah. Um, so I'm still going and hitting my, my sessions hard. Um, the, the intensity is still there. It's just more, I'm not going to failure. I'm just stopping. So as soon as I like, it starts, it starts to start burning. I know that I've got two, three reps left, right stop. Um, which is mentally hard, but yeah. as, as much as you just want to go, 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 go on prep. Um, I've definitely seen a difference in my physique. Um, my fullness has come back. I'm leaner, even though I've stopped doing cardio. So it's definitely working for me. Um, and I think going forward, 
we might even have to implement another deload. Yeah. It just depends how my body sort of reacts um, to, to after this deload and, and then obviously going forward, seeing, seeing what happens. But it's kind of like the approach of you can't plan. I don't feel like I can plan a deload and just be like, this is when I'm going to need a deload yeah. or this is when I'm going to need a refeed. It's more just seeing how my body takes it. So if I go back and do another week and then my body's fatigued again, then we know we're going to have to back off training a little bit yeah. because my routine is obviously a big part of it and I need to do my routine. So my training will have to not take a step back, but I might just have to low, lower the volume a little bit or lower the, um, the weight a little bit. So I'm just not going as like hard in my sessions, yeah. um, which will be quite hard to take. But when you when you're used to training that hard, it's going to be a big step. But if that's what my body needs, that's what my that's what my body needs. And because you're training and obviously your routine and everything like that is so demanding, is there anything particularly that particularly I think that's the word that you do to <laughs> prioritize recovery in terms of like stress management, supplementation, nutrition? Is there anything that you do in particular? Um. So I have a massage every week. That's just like a general sort of sports maintenance massage. So I haven't actually got any injuries. It's just to stay on top of everything. So we do like a full body, um, usually on one of my rest days, just to keep on top of everything. Um, as well as that, I do a lot of stretching and a lot of mobility work, probably like two to three times a week, as much like as much as I can really. Um, a, because it helps with my gymnastics, um, being very flexible. And also I find my training um, is a lot better when I'm not as like tight and my mobility is a lot better. So I feel like that also helps my recovery just because having the, the flexibility means that then when I'm going to gymnastics, when I'm doing certain moves and doing like my baranis and stuff like that, when you've got split legs, um, it, if you do it and you, you've got tight adductors or you've got tight hamstrings, you, after the session, you really feel it. Whereas when you're quite flexible, just doing something like that, you don't feel as much and you won't, you won't feel like you've worked it or that you've stretched that muscle if yeah. it's already flexible. So I feel like staying on top of that really helps. Um, but supplement wise, I take um, joining uh, JP and uh, Cure come in as well. Um, on top of that, I just like just basic supplements really I stay on top of um, everything I'm taking them like day in day out I've started taking a new supplement um before bed and it was actually um something that JP recommended it's called Kana yeah. um so basically it just helps us sleep and recovery um and I take it before bed and I've been having such a good night's sleep like I take Halcyon as well but I find taking that like helps so much I take both and oh my god it just knocks me out and like my sleep is so good but definitely um it chills you out massively um so I feel like just you know just taking there's lots of supplements out there there's lots and lots out there but I feel like just taking something that chills you out a little bit calms you down before bed and I always make sure I wind down I always like have a bath on the evening or something like that to chill me out I come off my phone a good hour before bed. I think having like a bedtime routine um, is, is massive. Um, yeah. And it definitely helps me chill out and it helps me have a good night's sleep. Um, I also like to plan my whole weeks um, and that stops me from getting stressed. So I'll sit there with my diary and it's got like an hour to hour block in my whole diary. And I basically just write 
where I'm training, where I'm doing my cardio, um, if I've got any meetings, if I've got clients, if I've got anything that I need to get done like throughout the week and I literally write it all down and they've all got a time slot so then I can stay on top of everything that I'm doing um, and yeah. because if not prep brain, prep brain falls in and you just forget really random stuff so yeah. yeah I definitely feel like I'm for me to not get stressed because I get stressed very easily um I have to stay with my diary and keep everything like in that book yeah definitely I agree with that like staying organized is an absolute game changer especially when you've got such a busy schedule so um I would highly recommend that sort of anyone does that and so when is your next show Kamara and what is that show um so I'm doing the NPC European um in Alicante uh, which is the pro show uh, it's on the 11th of October yeah yes it is on the 11th of October yeah um and that's just about 7.5 weeks out now so i'm really excited (laughs) and so your prep started in february but you had a period at maintenance how long has it been since you sort of got back into prep and how long will the prep been in total um so i can't remember the exact dates but i started in february and we finished around june beginning of june time um well not finished but kind of come back out of it and um, went to like maintenance level and then I started prep again at about 16 weeks out so I didn't really put on much weight between um coming out of my prep and going to maintenance I put on like a few pounds nothing major um so it's not been that hard to kind of get back into prep so we started from around 16 weeks out and then obviously we've come back down so I've been on prep now about eight weeks yeah cool and how long was your improvement season prior to starting prep this year um so i competed in march so that will be so that's eight and ten about 10 11 months yeah Um, so it's not been my biggest off season um I have had like two years out which was probably my biggest off season and that was between me moving from town figure to to like fitness um but it's definitely been my most progressive off season as in like I've made the most I've gained the most amount of muscle and made the most progress within this time um and and what would you put that down to Kamara um I'd probably put it down to adherence 100% like I'm not saying that I didn't adhere before um I did but I enjoyed my I I like enjoying myself in my off season um not to the point where I I eat everything and anything or or I don't train I do um but I feel like before I never took it so seriously to me at that point before I turned pro bodybuilding was a fun it was like a hobby and now it's more like not not so much a career but it kind of it kind of is at the same time like I treat it like it's my life if that makes sense like it's my whole lifestyle now whereas before it wasn't my lifestyle and I feel like if you live it it you make a lot more progress in it so currently at the minute obviously it's it's my life day in day out I I live breathe bodybuilding um and in my off season that's all I did like I stuck to everything don't get me wrong I went out I enjoyed myself I saw my family I went away on holiday, um, I had a couple of drinks, don't get me wrong, I've done everything that I wanted to do in my off-season, but as soon as I've got back home, I've been back on it, straight back yeah. onto um, all my diet, everything, everything's been absolutely nailed, and I feel like 
nailing recovery and um, like obviously adhering to everything on the plan has definitely helped me progress. Um, so yeah, and also obviously since being with Cuba, um, I've changed the way I train. So before I was training um, for a split. <laughs> yeah. And then like just this last year or so, um, I started doing push-pull legs. I've learned a lot more about training myself. Um, and I feel like everything's sort of progressing and clicking into place. Yeah. And so what is your goal for this competitive season? Um, so ideally, obviously I set the bar really high for myself. I always want myself to do the best that I can do. Um, but I would like top six in my yeah. first pro show. And um, they've just announced that the first two in fitness um, in the NPC European go through to the Olympia. So that would be absolutely amazing. That would be insane. Um, but you never know who's going to turn up on the day, especially with it being pro. So, and it's my first pro debut. So I just want top six. I would be absolutely over the moon, but I guess you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you never know. You can't control who else is going to be there. So all you can do is give a hundred percent, but I do think it's good to set your goals relatively high so yeah. that you really fight for progress and give absolutely a hundred percent to the process. And at the end of the day, you won't achieve great things if you don't set your goals relatively high. Yeah, exactly. And so what is your end goal when it comes to bodybuilding? Um, I want to get to the Olympia and I want to place top six at the Olympia. Cool. So that would be my end goal. And I'd just love that. That'd be amazing. And um, what, what motivates you, Kamara? Um, I think more, it's not other people, it's more my own progression. Like a lot yeah. of people is like, oh, I see them doing really well. And that motivates me like me is my own progression, knowing how far I've come. Like the other day on, on, you know, on Facebook time hop, it come up and there was like a picture of me and my friend from years ago. I think it was probably nearly 10 years ago now. I was tiny. I looked at my legs and they looked like little twigs. There was like the size of my forearm now. And I was just like, that's so small. I was so, so slim. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like the way I looked. So it, it, for me, it's become like an over the years, a progression um, and seeing my body change and, and myself and my confidence grow through training um, is more my motivation than, than anything else. So just my own progression and, and, and being better every time is definitely yeah. my motivation. Yeah. That's really, really good to hear. And what has bodybuilding positively contributed to your life so what have you learned from bodybuilding which has added to your life um I feel like probably um the I don't know what the word is like sort of like I don't know how to explain it so you're obviously in bodybuilding you're quite to to do well in bodybuilding you've got to be hardworking. you've got to have the adherence and you've got to stick to everything and ju just go for it um and I feel like that has given me that in life so yeah. I I take all everything that I do in bodybuilding all the hard work that I put into it and I've learned to be able to put that into other things like as in my business and my general like day-to-day -day life and and as a person it's made me grow um, I feel like it's given me a lot more confidence. I think probably confidence is the biggest thing it's given me. So normally I could have never done this. I could have never have 
done a podcast even though I know you I could have never have done it um and just just really it's just giving me the confidence to be able to to come out my shell a little bit more and and kind of be me so probably like confidence and then learn how to better myself yeah I love that and I think there's so many positives to be taken from the process of bodybuilding which can actually be applied to the rest of our lives and sometimes bodybuilding can be given a bit of a bad rep so it's really nice to hear the positives that people have taken from the process Um, and it's really really refreshing so thank you so much for joining us today Kamara it's been fantastic where can people find you on social media? Um, so I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name is Kamara Jane underscore IFBB Pro. Cool. I will put Kamara's links down below for anyone who's interested in finding her. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fantastic episode. If anyone has any feedback, comments, reviews or anything like that, please do leave them on iTunes and I will see you in the next one.